This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Let's get right into this. This is the part three of chapter one, A.G. Wolf of the Ninth Avenue, reading for Digimon Seekers, the serial novel being put out for the 25th anniversary of Digimon. This text is uh, 1,241 words. I suspect it'll be about a nine-minute read, and here we go, right into it. A sea of networks. Dome Theater. In front of A.G., who stands in the center, is the projection of a schematic diagram constructed with wireframes. The world web, floating in the waves, are servers of nations, corporations, research institutes, etc. These servers are represented as floating islands or ships. They use, or the user dives into the ocean of the network. In the deep sea region, a completely different world unfolds in front of them. The digital world. The Dome Theater plays a voice-guided tour. A wireframe schematic diagram is rendered three-dimensionally and vividly colored. It is a world different from our world, the real world. It is said to be a cyberspace that exists on a digital network. The other world, the digital world, stretches out beyond the sea of the network. Scenic beauty. The picture quality is poor, but it is, but is a beautiful wilderness. It's like the environmental image scene in the entrance lobby. Inhabiting this digital world is this. The data becomes three-dimensional. Holoization. This is a technology initiated by the university and put to practical use by AE. This technology is also applied to the 3D digital signage seen in the city. A digital monster. A Digimon. Something is holorized. At first glance, it looks like a frog. It is a tadpole on the verge of becoming a frog, with its tail still attached. It is green like a watermelon with black stripes. It is characterized by its mohawk-like dorsal fins, claws on its arms and legs, and exaggerated fangs. Betamon, child, amphibian, virus type. The frog-like data is displayed. A Digimon is an information life form living in the digital world, a living AI. It's something you won't find in any textbook. A living AI? Digimon are made up of a variety of motifs. Fish, amphibians, reptiles, mammals, plants, insects, crustaceans, mollusks, machines, chemical phenomena, and other phenomena, as well as eight million gods, Buddhas, and demons, all of which holographically appear one after another. The discovery of the digital world and the history of its research. What are Digimon, digital monsters? Digimon evolution baby, child, adult, perfect, and ultimate form. These are, or there are three basic attributes of Digimon classification. The explanation of the hollowized Digimon is followed by a presentation showing images of the Digimon. That's the object I saw in the lobby. A three-colored laser beam is emitted by, er, <clears throat> a three-colored laser beam is emitted from the object, repeatedly illuminating A.G., who stands in the center of the dome theater, in total awe of what he's seeing. The three attributes that form the basis of Digimon taxonomy, virus, data, and vaccine, are the motifs for the three types of Digimon. Ryu Senji explains, Digimon are the fruit of contact with the digital world, a new world on the network that has helped prop up humanity. 
Digimon have revolutionized human society. The use and application of Digimon as AI tools has led to remarkable discoveries in areas such as software development, cryptographic security, and AI drug discovery. However, it is still a secret of mankind. Most of the world's people still do not even know that the digital world exists. Suddenly, the image is disrupted. The dome theater vibrates. And even if they did, they wouldn't understand it anyway. The tone of the dialogue changes. It sounds like it has been processed by a machine. There is good and bad. Digimon can be misused as tools of cyber-terrorism. These misuses are so-called Digimon crimes. The scene of the video suddenly jumped to the real world. We find ourselves in the passenger cabin of an airliner. Wings can be seen outside the window. The plane is flying above the clouds. At night, the roar of its jet engines is audible. One of the passengers is filming the cabin with his smartphone. Sleeping on the other side of the plane, covered with a blanket, is a photographer's wife, lover, or daughter. Boo! A realistic wind noise deafens A.G. The world is flooded with noise, and then silence. Without warning, vision goes dark. The angle of the image is disturbed. An alert, an oxygen mask comes down in the cabin. Screams. Confusion. Eiji averts his eyes. He can't watch anymore, but there's also nothing he can do. The airliner suddenly drops its nose and crashes headlong out of the clouds at an altitude of more than 30,000 feet. Tomonori Ryusenji has also, or has always been, start over. Tomonori Ryusenji has always been a world leader in the discovery of the digital world and research into digital monsters. He is the reason why AE's digital lab is located next to the university. I know of no other case where a single researcher has made such a significant contribution to the university's reputation and the company's business performance. The remarkable development of the university and AE was all made possible by Professor Ryusenji. Wonderful! Ryusenji's face beams with admiration as he inspects the gadget the AG had delivered to him, a digital dock, DDL, Ryusenji's office. It's a private room with part of the wall made of glass. It looks like a university laboratory, with shelves crammed full of equipment, materials, and cardboard boxes. When Ryusenji connects his Digimon dock to the lab's equipment, the Digimon the AG captured is hollowized. It's a frog-like creature with a tail. It is indeed Modoki Betamon, as requested. Look at those gentle, beautiful curves. Ryusenji traced the outline of Modoki Betamon's image with his finger, as if he's trying to please her. Among the data found in the unknown digital world, this digital monster, or Digimon, an AI program, is sold at a high price on the grim market due to its convenience, scalability, and rarity. It took three Tyrannomon to capture that one, A.G. makes his appeal as he set his bags down on his work desk. They're not in D4, so he's had his personal belongings returned to him. Wow, sounds tough. Betamon have a habit of throwing their dorsal fins when they're in trouble. When it comes to Madoki Betamon, a shockwave is emitted from the dorsal fin. Eiji's Tyrannomon number three, which was used to capture, which was used for capture, was killed by its blade fin technique. Yes, but Professor, I'm not sure how, but this Madoki Betamon is different from others. How do you mean? Ryusenji seems miffed. Eiji, you don't know? You really don't know the difference between Betamon and Modoki Betamon? 
AG is unhappy to have disappointed his client. Um, well, is it the color that's different? Yes, the color of Modoki Betamon isn't nearly as vivid. You really do know the difference. I'll add a bit of a bonus to your reward this time. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for that. It looks like my guess was correct. Now I can have a beef bowl with pickles and a raw egg for dinner. The client seems very satisfied. Ryusenji begins to transfer the Modeki Betamon to the lab equipment. Eiji, I wanted to ask, how was... Uh, sorry. How was what you experienced earlier? Earlier? You mean the video in D4? It was really great. That was a promotional video. We used to have a plan to expand into the entertainment sector. It was to be called Digimon Land. Nice. Hmm. The idea was to sell Digimon as characters to the general public who don't know anything about the digital world. I especially liked that. Digimon are AI creatures? Fantasy? Fiction? If I were a kid, I'd be hooked. A.G. lets his imagination get the best of him. Digimon are alive. And that is the end of that chapter. Uh, I will go ahead and let you know that was probably an eight-minute read. Eh, cl closer to nine. Eight and a half to nine. Um, so that was kind of weird. Uh, I especially thought it was weird that um, A.G. thought it was such a cool experience when he saw like a plane full of people die in it. Like that's not addressed. I don't understand what that's about. And it doesn't make sense for that video to have been in there on purpose. Like how was Ryu Sinji going to sell, sell, um, this Digimon land thing with AE and whatever partners. Um, if they were like highlighting the, you know, Digimon terrorism, or I guess it could be, uh, a flaw in my analyzing it or a flaw in how it was presented that it seems like, Oh, it's just one thing to the next. And it's all part of the single, it's all part of the same thing. I would bet that that video of the, the Digimon crime happening there was not, uh, part of the promotional video that Ryu was talking about. And instead it's, um, you know, actual documentation of a crime that's been able to happen because of the, of the Digimon. Excuse me. Oh, wow. Anyway, so, yeah, I thought it was interesting overall. You know, it's cool that we got this exposure in the, the D4 cell, the D4 room, whatever the D4 is. Um, and, I don't know, I'm kind of growing impatient because I just want this guy to get his Digimon already. Hopefully it happens pretty soon. Um, but, uh, and it's kind of funny too, uh, that there this feels a little bit like Jurassic world, right? Jurassic world. The first one, um, they made a theme park and like, that's what it's about again. And their marketing and all this stuff. Whereas, uh, Ryu Senji saying that they wanted to, you know, take the actual phenomenon of Digimon existing and pretend that Digimon don't actually exist and instead sell the fantasy and the idea, which I think you and I as Digimon fans would be interested in, in Digimon actually being real and, like use that to market it and sell it to people. That's just, it's kind of funny. It's kind of odd. It reminds me a little bit of Tamers, how, uh, when that came out, all the, the Fox kids promo, you know, this isn't your older brother's Digimon reset reality. And this idea that this thing that I've loved, these stories that I love were just pretend and just fun and games literally, uh, to these kids in the show that I was going to watch and then, you know, love even more. Um, I don't know. It's like a weird, like making like Jurassic world about 
them wanting to make a theme park and wanting to merchandise and make money off these dinosaurs. And then in real life, they're making toys and, you know, Netflix shows and whatever. It's just, it's just I don't know. There's a really weird meta uh, thing going on here. And I don't like it necessarily. Um, it just seems odd. Uh, and then I'll point out something that um, I, I listened to uh, Karn ex read this on his channel and he mentioned i dipped out is pretty quickly but i i heard this first and i thought yeah that's a good point that betamon or the madoki betamon ended up killing a tyrannomon somehow and its color is different it's you know drab or whatever i don't even know what a madoki uh, uh, betamon is other than it's you know some alternate form um but apparently it's more powerful because it was able to kill a tyrannomon and that's surprising although i mean more surprising than that to me is that a betamon was able to make a whirlwind like the fin attack that it does doesn't sound like it would have made the whirlwind in the subway or in the sewer system like was described earlier in you know chapter one part one i think so that kind of doesn't make sense and i'm wondering if that's some sort of fake out or if the modiki betamon really is that strong and if it does have some sort of you know whirlwind hurricane attack cyclone attack that it's able to do with the fin uh throwing uh, but it, like it's supposed to shoot electricity right so hurricane or tornado type thing doesn't really make sense and that's exactly what we saw um that killed the tyrannomon so that's uh that's odd um yeah i'm you know other than there's some weird stuff going on like i don't know, you almost have to like squint to read and enjoy the story so far because there's some weird little hiccups that are there because of you know an interesting translation i'll put it delicately like that and I think they're marring the the intent of the original story, the original author. Which, by the way, I meant to mention this previously. I find it curious that we don't know who the author is of this story. Uh, you know, even if it's being done by the Digimon Seekers, you know, team or whatever, I would still like to know, and I'd still like them to credit it. And I find it odd that they're not crediting who was ever writing this and. That doesn't make sense to me, but maybe we'll find out in the future. Maybe it is being written by committee and that's kind of why they're not doing anything. Although, can they just use the, you know, Saburo Hate? Can they just use their, their pen name? Um, the Toei pen name for that? I don't know. I, I would think so. But, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, seeing this, like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, we're very slowly getting this picture of how the digital world looks and how it interacts with the real world and this idea of the Digimon being like these sought after like rare, you know, application AIs or whatever is interesting. And I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it. Cause I feel like that's all set up and, you know, ordinarily that's what they will be like, um, you know, in our war game or in the Digimon movie when Matt, or sorry, when Ty is sending that email to Sora um, it looks as if there's an Agumon on his screen carrying the mail packets back and forth, right, as he's sending the email. Um, like, are they saying that that's not what literally happened there in that scene, but that's what's happening now, that Digimon are being used as digital, like, as actual apps? And, like, what's the utility of that? And how can that be the greatest purpose to use them for? Um, if they can be used for combat and 
different things like that. And I, I don't know. It's just, it just seems kind of odd. And, um, you know, it's a little bit of a contrivance that they're coming out of, uh, you know, the top research in the world is coming out of Japan. I'd be a little more satisfied if I knew it was like a international thing that multiple people across the world were keeping secret from the general public. But it just being something in Japan is kind of, it just feels kind of funny. Just you wouldn't think it'd, it'd be, you know, contained that way. Um, but either way, it's fine. Yeah, I don't really think I have much else to say about this, um, other than I'm I'm getting antsy. I'm waiting for Digimon to show up, and I want to see Digimon in the real world, and uh, you know, waiting for things to get more exciting. But overall, the like I said, I last time I was saying how I like the you know realistic world building, uh, talking about the you know big tech companies and everything else. But um, you know, I've had enough. Thank you very much. This this chapter, good, solid. Let's move on. Let's get into the fantasy. Let's kick this thing into high gear. I am ready for it, and I bet you are too. <laughs> anyway, let me know what you thought about this uh, this part of the chapter, and um, I don't know. I guess we'll go forward. And let me know if you find a scrub. I want to know if there are scrubs for this, because some of this translation is uh, tough, a little difficult to understand, like stroking Betamon so he could please her. Odd. Very odd. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.